devil in the detail. <laughs> Hello on this, this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxson. We're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul White's side keeping Britain warm this week, as usual, Paul. Yeah, yeah, clocking the miles up and that. I've, I've spent a bit of time in Liverpool this week. Um, Everton, Norwich Green. I'm getting to know Liverpool quite well now. All the different districts, Anfield, Toxteth, Croxteth. I know everywhere now. I'm like a taxi driver. So, <laughs> so a bit more local today, Blackburn today. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, doing okay though. Mate, weather's picking up a bit now. So hopefully our uh, our workload will, will step down a bit. But it's always pretty busy, you know, because people want hot water and that. So. So, yeah, but I'm doing okay, mate. How are you? Yeah, uh, Eurovision this week, talking about Liverpool. Uh, watch that. Yeah. My wife's a big Eurovision fan. She loves it. Uh, and loving law. So, we had our usual Eurovision uh, buffet slash party, uh, which was great. And then, obviously, went out for a drink with Banners Mike on uh, on Sunday. Bit of a catch-up there with him as he came back from uh, that there, London, to, to see us. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good weekend, really. And, obviously, looking forward to the game on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday night. It's an unusual kickoff to have, isn't it? Half uh, seven on a Saturday night, but uh, but I'm sure it'll be a, be a good game, definitely. Yeah, so as loads to go at, we're going to look back at the defeat against uh, St. Helens. Uh, we've got all the news coming out of the club this week. Um, we've got Whiteside World Rugby League, and we're going to preview the game against Huddersfield in the Challenge Cup on Saturday. So we'll start with a defeat against St. Helens. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Devils' undefeated run came to an end against St. Helens. They were lost 26 points to 12. Paul, obviously, you know, it was a great run in good form. We went to St. Helens full of confidence, uh, but unfortunately, St. showed why they're a top team and took the points. Yeah, a few key moments in the game, I thought. I thought the first half we'd come out really, really good. You know, we looked comfortable. St. Helens didn't really, didn't really. You know, threaten us really in the early stages of the game. We took two cracking tries. You know, a lovely short ball from Partington to put King Vodiaya wide away, and then Croft was in support. And then the Briley try linking up with Watkins. And at twelve nil, you were in dreamland. There, it was. You know, it was like welcome to the pleasure dome. But then, obviously, there was a few key moments in that first half that that went against us. I thought um, losing Shane Wright was a massive, massive. The game seemed to turn on that for me. Mm. Um, we didn't seem to get over that. You know, uh, he's a big. He just come on, I think, as well. He's not been on long, but he's a massive player for us. He's a big tackler. You know, um, and I think it, it hurt us that really as well. And and controversial circumstances because he was chopped round the head. And obviously, Matty Lee's has got a two-game ban now, and and that sort of reckless challenge is what I'm going to call it, has caused him to you know, do his ankle in. So I thought that was a massive turning point in the game. Second half, I mean, St. Helens, yeah, you're, like you said, they're a, they're a good side, aren't they? And when they turn the screw and you don't get any possession and they, they, they know how to strangle you, don't they? And, and they did that, you know, they started the possession. But I thought our handling was awful mm. at times. And, and to be honest with you, I thought we gifted them three tries with some awful, awful play. Um, it, just like lack of composure and just, Stupidity, really. You know, uh, the, the the pass from Reese Williams and Matt Castell got pinged for not playing a ball properly. I think twice we got done for that mm. with the shot clock beaters as well. It just seemed to to go out of the window. You know, everything that we've done so well last few weeks. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the first thirty minutes, great performance. I thought 
you know, the players playing rally ball, you know, measured, asking lots of questions of, of the St. Owens uh, team. Two good tries, like you said, you know, King V burst in the line and, and uh, Brody Croft in support to go over the line. You know, what a, what a great start for us at that, that point. And like you said, we were in control. Saints had a try disallowed in the con. Then we, we went up the other end with a bit of a sucker punch with a Ryan Briley try, lovely work by uh, Callum Watkins sending him through. And it, like you said, at 12-0, we were in, like you said, dreamland. But I've got the timeline here where things started going wrong. You've got the Burgess penalty where we were in possession on their line yep. with momentum. And at that point, for me, the old game changed. Yeah, it did. I mean, I've just referred to the Costello one as well in the second half. That's twice yeah. where we've, we've, we've gifted them back possession through our own stupidity. And against a team like St. Helens, you can't do that. You, When you go there and Wigan and Leeds and grounds like that, you've got to play well for 80 minutes and you can't afford to clock off. As soon as you clock off, they're like an Australian team, aren't they? They'll ping you. And that, then the whole momentum of the game changes. They get a couple of tries and you say bye-bye to the game, don't you? Yeah. And I think with St. Helens, they're like a a champion team out there and they know give them half a, half a sniff of a chance and they'll turn the screw because after the Burgess error we had, we had to drop out and then we ended a set two metres from our line because they kicked sort of a fifth tackle kick into our, into our line we just about managed to get out they scored just after right and then we had the opportunity there because I think they knocked on so at that point we were sort of 25 metres from their line a couple of tackles in the bank Dupree knocks on and then the next attacking set we had we threw a forward pass and you just think to yourself you've had a wobble here for like for sort of five minutes we just need a, a moment down their end to, to calm the nerves and it just didn't happen no it didn't it didn't and I think one thing you know you say Ellens if you go back to that semi-final last year is the physicality of mm. I think I put that in the preview they'll bully you they're a bullying team and they'll, they'll play um they play the game so close to the knuckle, the physicality of like Knowles and oh, the Knowles play, but there's Matty Lees at the weekend, he played and, you know, Siren and they're big, massive blokes and they'll smash you. They'll smash you to pieces and you've got to stand up to that. I don't know, they just seem to knock us off our game, knock our confidence a bit and it was it was a bit like a boxer where he's, he's doing really, really well and all of a sudden he gets banged around the head, his legs go and then psychologically then he's, he's thinking, blimey, I'm, I'm, I've got to be careful here now or I'm going to go on the floor. And that's what we were a bit, what we were like. We were sort of hobbling about and trying to find our feet. I know in that second half, I think we made a few breaks and, you know, I think it was Cross who went through and Reese Williams was, wasn't anywhere to be seen. And then he was sort of waiting for him to catch up with him. And, oh, it was, um, there was a few half. I mean, I thought we created enough chances in that second half to, to probably win the game but mm. you know we, we just we weren't clinical enough at all I th- in the end I thought keeping Saints to 26 points was was good because we didn't capitulate where we could have done I think they stopped scoring on 55 minutes so for the remainder of the game then at the last 25 minutes we kept them out yeah. which I thought was a just proves how, how, how tough we can be Hmm. It's like the death spiral in it, you know, the start of that yeah. second half we knock on the first set Saints score the next set Saints put us back on, on our five minutes five minutes from our own line. I think that's the one where Williams um, makes a mess. Of, they score, and then the next set we, we, we cough up the ball again five meters from our line. No try, but we have to kick within ten meters of our own line. Then Saints go up the end, other end and score, and then they scored again. And at twenty six twelve, the question is: Did we lose it or did Saints win it? I think it's a bit of both. Think they just just capitalised on our stupidity. And mm. our, our crazy errors. I mean, Reese Williams, what is he doing there? I mean, he threw that pass out to Burgess. Burgess is about six foot five, but even he couldn't catch it. I mean, 
I don't know that you know, Tyson Fury wouldn't have caught that pass. It was that high. So, it, yeah, it, I mean, Reese is a, is, a, is a top player and, you know, top professional. And, you know, I'm not going to slag him off at all. He, he just had one of those games. I think Costello was the same. Probably, if you ask Matty Costello, yeah, he'd probably say I had, I had a really poor game and it was one of those days. And sometimes you do. And then you'll try and put things right. And you just can't seem to get a leg up then in the game because, it, you know, because you, you've lacked your composure and, and the game just disappeared from you, hasn't it? And St. Helens, like we said, will take advantage of that. They're tough and they'll knock you off. I think they'll knock you off your game as well and knock you off your stride. And I think they did. I think they panicked in that first half and thought, you know, Paul Wellens probably said to him at half time, you know, you're being outplayed here by Salford. You need mm. to do something. And I think, you know, the alarm bells would have started ringing there in the St. Helens players' ears, especially Jay Roby as well, his record appearance. He wanted to do well. I thought he managed the game great in the second half. And, you know, he's one of those players that he's just like a machine that just keeps going and going. And St. Helens are like that. And um, they, they did, they wore us down, really. And, we look shattered at the end. They were lost Andy Ackers as well. You yeah. know, uh, he failed his HIA. You know, that's another player out. So you were doing it tough. One player I noticed who didn't come on, I'm sure, was Ellis Longstaff. We had mm. four subs and I don't think he came on. So I'm not sure what the, the script was with that one. Yeah, well, the thing is, oh, Paul, for me, it's it's the flip side of Rowley Ball. We, we you know we we talk about the expansive play. We talk about you know keeping the ball alive in in a structured way, but the way we play, errors could happen. And and I think Ryan Bradley talked about it in a press conference a few sort of weeks ago that you know it's a it's a it's a way of life it's a it's a philosophy that they have to follow and obviously us fans we see player offloading or, or passing in the shadow of our own post and it's only natural for us fans to put your hand in your mouth and start going oh you know because it's not a, it's yeah. not a natural thing but the way we play we've got to find an edge or we've got to find a gap early in the set to get momentum because we're not a team that's going to roll down the middle so we have to find other ways of, of, of breaking teams down uh, but like you said we get, we get wonderful tries or we could get tries given away like we did this week well that's right I mean um, you're probably going to win more games than you lose playing like that yeah. That's I think that's right but that pass from Williams if that had gone to Burgess and it had stuck and Burgess had gone 80 yards we'd always say whoa what a great try what a great piece of play so if you go back to last season when we murdered St. Ellens and Huddersfield at home towards the back end of the year and Catalans as well you know everything stuck in those games if he hadn't have done and the balls would have gone to ground, we'd probably got hammered. So mm. it's just, it is, it's the price you pay, isn't it? The, I think the frustrating thing for the supporters was the, uh, was it was the incident with Shane Wright and, and, you know, Syrenan's got a one game ban for it, for a late shot. I think it was on Brody Croft. Matty Lees has got two games. So neither player got simbin in the game or sent off. So we've not benefited from that at all. And I think that's where, Sometimes your refereeing can be a bit weak because if you if you caught somebody with direct contact with the head, it should be a red card now because the game the night before there was one. So I think we, we lack that bit of consistency sometimes. That frustrates you as a supporter because you know if you go back to that semi final, similar sorts of things happen in that game. Same referee, same outcome. So that that was frustrating. But I'm not going to go on about harp on about that. It's done with now. But yeah, I, I was pleased in the end the way we didn't capitulate because I think sort of 10, 15, 20 years ago, St. Helens would have got 50 points in that second and a half and we kept fighting to the end yeah and it shows how far we've come that we can sort of obviously we do throw away a sort of 26 unanswered points lead like but like you said it previous Salford teams we're, we're looking down the barrel at sort of 50 there aren't we so you know we dug in after they didn't score after was it 56 minutes you say yeah 
Yeah. So that was good. Obviously, like you say, we, we managed to compose ourselves and get back in the arm wrestle. And like you said, we had chances towards the end. You know, like we, had, we had opportunities where if the ball sticks, we, we, we bring the, the, the scores closer and anything can happen. So, yeah, defeat. But, you know, we've had a good run of wins uh, and I'm sure the boys are too downhearted about it. Yeah, the defeat. I think there's more to come though, Rob. I think we've got players to come back from injury like Lafayette, Ken Seal, who are going to cause teams bother going, you know, the second half of the season. So I think, yeah, I think defeat, but I think you've just got, not, you've not got to worry too much about it. Move on. It's a big game in the Cup this week and then back to league action the week after. So put that one to bed, I think, can't we? Yeah. Uh, you spoke to Paul Rowley after the game. This is what he had to say. <laughs> Coach's corner. Uh, Paul Rowley joins me. That match, every time you come to St. Helens, you know it's going to be ferocious, don't you? Mm. And really tough. You got that today, didn't you? A real bruising encounter. Yeah, they're a champion team, and champion teams are physical, so uh, because ultimately we play a game where you've kind of got to bully your opposition, uh, uh, be bullied, or be, uh, bully or be bullied is kind of thing. So uh, I thought we were really comfortable in that first half, uh, taking a lot of fire at us, but giving a lot back as well. Uh, I thought we left some points on the field. I thought we should have been further ahead. He yeah, scored two excellent tries. For me, watching on the terraces, I thought the Shane Wright leaving the pitch was a massive turning point in the game. There, you lose a big tackler. And can you tell us a bit about the injury, Paul? He's, he's done look good, does it? No, he's in a boot, so uh, suspected uh, broken ankle. So that'd be a season for him. But um, so yeah, I mean, we just brought him on as well. So that was a, an enforced interchange really quick that we had to make. Uh, so start expecting your subs and, and obviously Shane affects our energy because he's uh, he's been so good for us. The second half, I think the first 10 minutes killed us really, the mm. three, conceding three tries, I mean some of them were gift wrapped to St Helens as well, yeah. you can't afford to do that can you? Yeah, architects have our own downfalls but in saying that, uh, if we score one more try we're still in the game so uh, we just we seemed to make enough opportunities but we, we didn't have um, you know, we couldn't we couldn't execute and finish them off. I thought we I thought we had more than enough opportunities to score points, uh, but ultimately our discipline with the ball was shocking for that second half. And uh, you know, you can go in the games like this where there's a lot of pressure put upon you through the aggressive nature of, of the defence, which is a credit to St. Um you, you you you've got the choice of it to be uh, hunt or be hunted. And uh, unfortunately, they came hunting for us and became a little bit of a victim in that second half, which is not is not a comfortable place for us. So we'll have hard chats and honest chats, uh, and the senior players will lead a lot of that. Uh, and they're a good group, so uh, they, they'll uh, they'll they'll quickly sort that up and uh, dust themselves down, ready for to go again. Rugby league can be a cruel game, especially modern day rugby league. Once a team gets a roll on against you, it's difficult to defend, is it? But do you think yeah. the pressure got to your players a bit in that second half? Because your effort's fantastic, but some of the, the passing, it was just loose, wasn't it? It was all over the place. It looked like some of the players had blindfolds on at times. The ball was all over the show, wasn't it? And it's difficult then when you're behind the eight ball, isn't it? Yeah, like I said, that's what pressure does. It affects your thinking. Uh, so, you know, it's... Uh, it's easy, it's easy sometimes, isn't it, to, to, to just uh, to say, and it seems pretty obvious at times, but uh, you know, when there's, there's some heavy artillery coming at you, uh, belting you, it affects your thinking and, uh, and, and, and that and fatigue setting and, uh, and bad decisions and choices were made and, uh, and, that's, and that's ultimately had a, that's how, that's how it painted the picture for us. Our, 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 again, our discipline with the ball was very, very poor. 
one thing this team doesn't do is capitulate. I think to concede 26 points there, all the possession that the Saints had in that second half, you know, that, that's a big mm. that's a big positive to take into next week in Huddersfield. No, they don't give up. We're very resilient. Uh, but again, if you give, you can be resilient, but you'll you'll you know and you, you'll still lose. And there's many a time we've been in a losing team or coached a losing team where you don't want to you don't want to go mad and shout and and scream because you know your team's worked as hard as they possibly could. But um, uh, you know, again, I've, I've been in and I've coached, uh, uh, you know, some some sides that uh, have, have nearly won, uh, and we don't want to be one of them sides that nearly do it and do all right and uh, and, and have a crack and, and a brave. We, we, we'd rather be a side that uh, is the hunter, not the hunted. There's also some more bad news, well, Andy Ackers. What's the script with him? Did he fail his head test? Yeah, he did, mate. So that's him. He can't play this week now. So you're going to be struggling for numbers next week. One or two sports have yeah. asked me recently to ask you about Adam Sidlow. What's the situation with Adam? How, how long is he away from? Three. Three more weeks. Yeah. So you're going to be struggling next week for numbers? Yeah. Yeah. Challenge Cup as well. Yeah. How do you approach that next week? That's an important competition for you, the mm. players, the supporters. It's going to be a tough game against the Ian Watson's of Like anything else, isn't it? We're, you know, we're, we know that. We're, 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 we're a club that, that's set on a cliff edge. And so uh, in terms of not having a a sizeable squad um, it's, it's not always a comfortable place to be on a cliff edge um, and so injuries get you in the end so uh, whoever pulls the shirt on will, will, will be great I've got no doubt about it uh, but we'll just have to see who, who's there to pull the shirt on that's the, that's first and foremost Are you the calmest man at Salford Paul? Because you always seem unflappable no matter how many injuries you've got you take it all in your stride and I think does that rub off on the players sometimes? Um, maybe they rub off on me I don't know it's because ultimately you control the controllables. I, what I try and do is I, I'm, I'm here at St Helens today, and, and 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 our team deserve to be here, and we and we expect us to win. It's as simple as that. So don't like creeping around. I like walking tall. I like I like, I like us as a group, putting our best foot forward, and, uh, and we're not bowing down to anybody. So uh, I'll fight this team's corner. Till the day I die, like you know. So, and I think the supporters uh, really appreciate that, Paul. I think that what makes you one of us. Well, just passion, you know. So we're fighters, aren't we? That's and maybe that's what it is. Maybe we're, we're a bit of a match made in heaven. Thanks a lot, Paul, for speaking to us. Very best this week. Good luck against us, mate. Cheers, mate. So that was Paul Rowley after the game. Paul, what were your sort of thoughts on his reaction? Uh, it was a really, I thought it was a really nice interview with him for, for once. <laughs> He's normally a bit edgy with us, but. No, he, he sort of opened up a bit, really, and I thought I had a bit of a tear in my eye because his passion and some of the stuff he said. I thought, you know, you know, he really believes in this club, believes in the supporters, and he really is one of us now. And I think he has been for a while. He's took to Salford, took to the club, took to the supporters, and um, you know, him and Kurt Aggerty, Chris and Inu, I think they you know work really well as a team together. So uh, I felt a bit sorry for Paul Rowley because. He wears his heart on his sleeve and he did in the press conference as well. He stuck up for the team in the press conference and then told a few of the journalists a few whole truths as well about bits and bobs. But no, I, th- I think Paul Rowley is a, is a good lad and uh, no, it's great, it's great to get to speak to him. Yeah, it's all the it's all the friendly fire he gets from us, you see. Because we, we yeah. aren't got a minute to look for a story. We're just there just to, to get in a reaction and get, you know, a voice to the fans in it. So it is I quite enjoy talking to him on that sort of midweek pre match press conference. I think he's uh, you know, we he, he's a like salt of the earth rugby league man. He, he knows sort of what it's all about and he's he's ultra protective about like you say, about his players and his in his team. So you want that in a coach, you want you want your coach to 
you know, passionate about what he believes in, and and like you say, the players are well behind him. They bought into his philosophy, and it's you know it's working at the moment. Yeah, I think very much like you know, Watson, Richard Marshall previously to 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 Paul Rowley. I think they understand that you know us at the devil in the detail are in their corner, really, aren't we? Yeah. And uh, we're fight. We're not. We're not out there to catch them out. We're there to support them, and uh, you know, and, and get that get his message out to the supporters. So, uh, so I, I think Paul buys into that, and uh, no, he's always very good with us, and uh, as is Kurt Agassi when we get to speak to Kurt as well. He's very softly spoken, Kurt Agassi, you know, for such a big guy. I saw him in the press conference at the weekend, and uh, you think, God, he's gonna. Uh, He's going to roast you like when he comes in, but he's not. He's really nice, really friendly guy. So yeah, I think I think they're both doing a terrific job and work together as a, as a great team. Yeah. So look at the stats, Paul. Callum Watkins with forty-two tackles, Andy Akers with twenty-nine tackles, King Bunny Ayawa with thirty-one tackles, Stam Stone with thirty tackles, Oliver Parton thirty-six tackles, Tyler Derpy thirty-four tackles, and Alex Gerrard thirty-two tackles. Obviously, forwards heavy. Um, but they did do a lot of work. They did, yeah. It was good to see Alex Gerrard back as well. And I must say, he he, he looks massive, Alex Gerrard. He's, he's upper body. I don't know if he's been working on that, you know, uh, while he's been he's been out injured because uh, you know obviously we can't run or whatever. And he's been doing his strength and conditioning and that. He looked massive. He looked really he did look the part. Really so strong running forward. So he's a, he's a big boost to have back for us. As you said, there Callum Watkins I thought was tremendous. You know, his work rate, his tackling, he's dangerous as well. And uh, we shame right now out for a substantial amount of time Callum Watkins is probably going to have to fill in in that second row you know a bit play a bit more minutes than normal but uh, but yeah he'll relish that because he's, uh, he's a super player so so yeah I, th- I thought the forwards uh, you know really grafted in that game and they had to do against the St. Helens pack that's, that's very very physical yeah looking at the metres Ryan Briley 106 metres King V 76 metres Sam Stone 78 metres Matty Costello 106 metres and Alex Gerrard 52 metres obviously Saints forwards restricting our movement forward only a couple of players over 100 uh, but we are playing Sailands at Sailands and we know the scenario of the game don't we yeah, I thought Ryan Briley was great again. I thought he had another another good game, and there was a doubt whether Ryan was going to play with that that eye injury. Yeah. So I was surprised when I saw him on on the team sheet. So yeah, yeah, he had a good game for us, and uh, you know, very very dangerous, great support player. I think Sam Stone as well deserves a good mention because he's been getting better and better every week. You know, for such a such a slim guy, he's so strong. Does, does the tackling, text the ball, and uh, he's getting better and better as the, as the weeks go by. Yeah. So, big thanks for your three word match reports of Man of the Matches. Mark said, bad second half. Colin Wilson, second half debacle. Briley. David Deacon, 10 minute madness. I kind of agree with Dave there. Kevin McCallum, stupid, stupid, stupid. Briley. Chris and Janet Shant, known worst enemies, Briley. Christian Leith, crazy 10 minutes. Your mate, Roy Oliver, nothing to say. Ryan Wilkinson, poor second half. Ali Hugan, complete self-destruction. Briley, Salford, red, bad decision-making. Dave Parker, own worst enemies. There's too many mistakes. But yeah, I suppose, I don't know whether I want to say second half was self-destruction because Saints sort of went, turned the screw. So I'm a, I'm a bit torn between we threw it away and they won it. I thought we added it to him on a plate, though. Really. Think so. I mean, yeah, I thought I thought we given the initiative with the mistakes. Three massive mistakes there mm. in 16, 18 points. You know, you take that off with points total, they score, we win the game. So, yeah, I, I won't say we pressed to self-destruct, but I think the pressure got to us. Pressure can get to you. It's a pressure business, isn't it? And got to say, Ellen, you've not won there 40, 
or three three years, it's and you're in front twelve nil. It's pressure. The pressure's on there, and you've got to perform. And there was all that hype of the day with James Roby, the guard of honour, and things like that. You know, a big crowd at St Helens behind you. And you've got to deal with that. And, and they didn't, and they, they froze a bit, really, the players. And, you know, it wasn't the, the lack of effort. We can't question the effort. The effort was tremendous. But a bit of composure, a bit of, you know, big game management, if you like. And, um, you know, St. Helens came hunting. You look at the team they've got, though. Another guy that mentions Alex Warms. he got Warmsley, Sirin, and Matty Lees, Batchelor as well. These forwards are huge. And you've got them running at you. It takes a bit of stopping. You lose Shane Wright. You lose Andy Eckers. You're a sub down, a couple of subs down. You're struggling, aren't you? In that heat as well. It was pretty warm there as well. So, not making excuses, but there's mitigation in, it, in every defeat, isn't there? And, um, you know, I don't think we just chucked the game away, but it sort of drifted away from us, if you like. Let's move on to our reserves, uh, Paul. They were in action against Settlers, the curtain raiser for the main games. They went down to defeat 44 points to 22. There was a contingent of first team uh, squad players in. Involved in the lineup, uh, Jack Harmon Ride, Andrew Dixon, Ben Helliwell, Billy Walkley, and Joe Couplin Frank all played for the reserves. Uh, but unfortunately, went down to defeat. Yeah, but I think it's good to see first teamers playing. I mean, to me, that's what the reserves is for. You know, it's for for younger players coming through. But I think it's for for first teamers who are, have had injuries or returning from from knocks or trying to get themselves fit or trying to find a bit of form as well. So I think it's it's important that you know if you've not played for the first team, like I said, Ben Ellie, well, Andrew Dixon's not really featured much this season at all. So it's good to get them minutes under the belt, keep them fit, keep them fresh because you never know. Saturday night comes. We've got injuries. They could be called upon to play against Huddersfield. So, and the other, the younger guys who are less experienced, they're testing themselves against, you know, a Saints reserve side that's full of really bright youngsters as well. So it was a big test that, and you know, one that they, they did well in. I thought, you know, for the bits of it I saw, they come up uh, come up really well. Yeah. So Ben Helliwell opened the scoring crash ball near near to the post. So then, unfortunately, Saints took took control. Moss and Roberts, their six and seven pulling the strings. Half time, it was twenty two six. We fought back through Jacob Lee offloaded to Cooper in flank, and who found Billy Walkley over in the corner. And then Jack Stevens found John Hutchison, and he went over as well. And we were twenty eight twelve down uh, with about twenty minutes, thirty minutes to go. Uh, but unfortunately, like you said, we talked last spoke last week, didn't we, Paul, about the Saints youngsters and opportunities for them, and will they be able to break into that first team? And another uh, promising player for me, Burns, there, number nine. He scooted over from, from dummy half to extend the lead further. Moss and Roberts again made a, a couple of breaks and, and scored a couple of tries, but we ended up scoring through Billy Walker again. Lovely work by Cooper and Franklin sent him over, uh, but unfortunately, Saints scored at the death and it ended. 44-22. Yeah, I think some good performances. You mentioned Jack Stevens there. He's building a reputation, isn't it? We've seen a bit of him in the in the friendly games and things like that. He's got a massive future in front of him, as a few of the other players have as well. St. Helens is a conveyor belt of youngsters, really. I mean, they've had a few that have come through and played in the first team this year. one or two of them on the bench at weekend. Names escape. I think Wingfield's one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember his first name. There's one or two others as well. So, players that they're... Their, their guys are up to speed really now, aren't they? So, But, you know, we, we're not a million miles behind and that's good to see. I mean, I think it's great that we've got a reserve team. We, we desperately needed that that sort of backup, didn't we? So, uh, so yeah, no no sort of a disgrace in that result. I thought there were some good performances there and stuff to, stuff to build on. 
Yep, our PDRLT were in a festival in Bradford. Uh, they played Wigan and they played Hull KR. They went down to defeat against Wigan, but beat Hull KR. Eight four tries from Tom Crawford and Justin Martin recorded the victory for the Red Devils. Yeah, tremendous, tremendous. Uh, you know, weekend there for them. You know, another festival. There's, I'm sure there's going to be loads of them coming up this uh, this summer, isn't there as well? So I'm not sure. Is there anything on at the Magic Weekend this yep. time for the PDRL? Yeah, so that's uh, that's to look forward to. That's going to be a really exciting. I mean, last year, you know, they really enjoyed that St James's Park. So, uh, so yeah, good to see uh, see players playing and, and players enjoying themselves. That that's the main thing, you know, the enjoyment of it, the participation of it, and then obviously if you're doing well and winning games as well, you're going to enjoy it even more. Yeah, and I think also what's good as well, they've got a, a full squad now when, obviously last season when they were starting up, they were kind of scratching around for players, but they've got a complete team and subs as well now. So that's great. I think obviously something to build on, you know, all the great work that's happening in the community, you know, targeting these players who, who want to play now for, for the PDRL team. It's great. Like you said, good win against Tokyo. There's, I think there's video clips. I think the Anoraks page are on the on the Red Shark, but you can see video clips of them playing against Tokyo, which is which is great as well. So hopefully, like you say, a lot of people get down to Magic Weekend and, and support them in their games there. The ladies were in nines action in Warrington. They lost to Cardiff, uh, lost 26-4. Demi Jones with Salford's only try. They played Leeds Rhinos and lost 36-0. But then in the final game, they played Bradford Bulls and won 25-0. Two tries from Louise Fellingham, one from Lauren Ellison, one from Summer Harris and one from Brogan Evans. Brogan Evans dropped a goal as well. Unfortunately, didn't qualify for the finals day at the Salford City Stadium. But... You win your last game. It's you know it's something to build on. It certainly is, not there's going to be a wild card, isn't there? That's, mm. that's going into that. So hopefully we could we could get in through that. But no, I was I was following it. I give out all the scores out on the the world of rugby league, and it was a tough tournament because you've got your big sides in there, haven't you? Like so York and, and Leeds and Wigan and St Helens, who were probably a class above everybody else, aren't they? You know. You know, Salford ladies playing against Leeds. They're they're a seasoned team now, haven't they? They played in Challenge Cup finals and, and Grand finals, and you know, been going for a number of years. So to test themselves against against Leeds ladies in in the the nines was it was a big test, and you know that's going to do in the world of good going forward. It builds your confidence. You test yourself against better players. So uh, and nines rugby league's totally different as well, isn't it? If you look through all the scores from all the groups, there's quite a lot of nilins, weren't there? Because you know, bigger pitch, less players, different sort of brand of, of rugby league, isn't it? So uh, so yeah, you know, I'm sure they've learnt lessons there, and uh, they'll be taking them into the next game. I'm sure. Yeah. The qualifiers were Warrington, York, Set Helens, Leeds and Wigan. And like you said, they've got a wild card. Um, I'm not sure who's in the running for that, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. You can get tickets for the finals day at the Salford City Stadium. It's £5 for kids and £10 for adults. So I'm sure, you know, all the interest that has been peaked through our ladies team, there'll be hopefully a sizable crowd down there uh, watching the cream of uh, ladies rugby league play. Will that be on the in the actual stadium? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. The, the finals day will be actually on the pitch itself. As yeah, it was last year. Yeah. Oh, right. That's great. That's great. I'll get down to that then if it doesn't clash with our game. So, uh, yeah, that sounds good. I mean, it's going to be a good tournament, that, isn't it? I mean, Nines Rugby League is, is something to watch, isn't it? That Nines and Sevens, I think, really, really enjoyable. So, that'll be a good day. Yep. So, that's all the reports for our matches. And now we'll look and see what's happening in the, in the world of Salford Devils. So, the 
share scheme is doing very well uh, at the moment. Paul, over £150,000 raised, over 600 uh, owners slash investors uh, putting the money up. Um, it's been, you know, what, a week, 10 days. I mean, we're going great guns. Yeah, yeah, it seems, seems to be picking up the pace now, doesn't it? And, uh, you know, that's what we want. It's a new thing, isn't it? And I know they've got a, a meeting, haven't they? I think next week. Yep. Uh, where you can register and go to. So I know there's been a lot of questions about people asking questions. I mean, I've, I've, I've not asked any questions. I don't really get involved in Facebook and that now. I just read stuff. I don't comment on anything. But I've been reading people's comments and the questions and things like that. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a good question or a, a good thing to ask. And, yeah, I'm sure you'd be able to ask all them questions at the meeting and, you know, get your mind put at rest and, and get the guidance that you need, you know, if you need any guidance. So, so yeah, it's a big thing, Rob. It really is a big thing. And, you know, it's good to see it, it's doing well. Obviously, the supporters will want a bit of clarity of how it's going to go in the future because, as I said to you last week, money and things like that, it's, it should be it's an ongoing thing, isn't it? You know, to run a rugby league club, it's not just here's two hundred fifty grand, here's half a million. You can run the club. You need a constant sort of stream of money coming in, don't you? To pay your bills, pay your players, and God knows what else. So, so I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to ask stuff because I'm no good with finances and stuff like that. It all goes over my head. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's I think it's you know really interesting thing. The Reds Rise Together event is on the 23rd of May at the Salford City Stadium, 7 p.m. start arrivals from 6.30. Yeah, there's just been things that's happened this week. Obviously, Paul King with his latest rallying call and obviously putting us in the picture regarding don't reach our target of 250 that we may have to sell players and, and clubs potentially coming in and, and asking uh, availability for certain players and us rejecting offers. But for me, Paul, we're in transition. We're, we're going from a, a, a club that's an opportunity club that, that will live from hand to mouth from week to week to a club who's going to be planning for the future and, and have sort of targets and, and have benchmarks to, to go at. And yeah, it does take time. It does take money. But yeah, Paul King coming out and saying what he's saying, it does to some fans think it might be a, a sort of a, a warning, but for some it's keeping them in the picture and that's what we need, don't we? We need transparency uh, to know what's going on. Uh, yeah, I think you need a bit of both, don't you? I mean, I can see it from both ways, really. It does sound like a bit of a warning, but, you know, you need to be told, don't you? Hmm. There's no use as, as somebody saying, well... I could have told you that, but we've sold him now. So uh, because we nobody knew we had to sell a player and all that. So so yeah, I get that. But you'd like to think that the club has budgeted for the for the squad that they've got, so they can afford to pay the players for the season. So you won't have to sell somebody. You know, some supporters might think, well, why did you give Brodie Croft the seven year contract then? You know, if you've not got money to pay for players. So the, those sort of questions, I'm sure, they'll get asked at the uh, at the meeting and that. So uh, the only thing I I'd probably like to say, from my opinion, is I wouldn't want supporters to feel. It's like a, you know, sort of a, a threat, if you like. Because I think that's one of the words that was used on Facebook by someone. I won't mention any names at all, but that's what that's what I saw. And, you know, people were arguing about it. And what you don't want is something like this to divide your supporter base. You don't want supporters thinking, oh, I'm better than you because I put money in and you haven't sort of thing. For me, as a supporter, you can only do your best. You can buy your season ticket, which costs an awful lot of money as it is. Um, and if you can't afford to, to, to put money in that, well, you've still done a good job. Don't feel... You're not good because you've not done that. You know, you, you can only do your best. You can buy your scenes. You go to your away games. You've got your petrol money and God knows what else. If you're going watching the club and supporting the club, you you know, you, you're doing a great job anyway. So don't let, you know, think you're not doing a great job just because you've not put money in this. Uh, you can only do what you can do, Rob. Can't you? Times are hard at the moment. If you can do it, great. If you can't, you know, don't feel bad about yourself. Yeah. There is uh, the club have announced another way in which you can uh, join 
the the share thing is obviously if you want to contact the get in touch with the Salford Credit Union, there's an opportunity get the money off them, uh, which then you pay to the club and then you pay the money back to the credit union, which is another op- opportunity for people who, like you say, can't pay in one lump sum campaign instalments, and that's another option for some people if you can't got the uh, amount of money to pay up front, which is important, obviously, because like you said, Paul. You know, when time is hard, people don't have uh, lots of money lying around. So it is an option uh, open to fans if they want to, uh, to go through the credit union uh, and do that and help the club. Yeah, my only thing would be just just be careful because, you know, times are hard. I mean, you've got the prices of stuff these days now and your shopping's going, my missus says to me, every week shopping's going through the roof, this has gone up, that's gone up. So I'm not putting people off, but... You know, don't go getting yourself in loads of debt and you can't afford it. So just just do what you can do. That's all you can do, can't mm-hmm. you? And you know, at the end of the day, you know, think things will be the way they are, won't they? You just do your best, and and that's all you can do, basically. Yeah, Matt Shaw, rugby league journalist, he wrote an article about it. Um, club weren't happy. They've put a, a sort of response to it. I suppose Matt's doing his job as a rugby league journalist and querying the situation and the club aren't happy to the fact that it's negative publicity on something that needs to be promoted positively uh, to hopefully, hopefully save the club. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, interesting times that sort of ahead in that in that, in that situation. Uh, but like you said, Paul, it's not. It's all about what you think you can afford. We can't come in here and say, do it, because we don't know anyone else's financial situation, do we? Uh, everyone has their own uh, red sort of red lines and what they can and can't afford to do. So the club have put out a big statement about what, what it entails and, and the, the interest rates and all that that you have to pay. Um, so you make your own decisions regarding that. Yeah, I think um, if you don't I mean, if you don't get a chance to do it this time, I'm pretty sure they'll want, they'll want something like this next time in the future, won't they? So, mm. so uh, if you can't do it now, you might be able to do it then. But what's this Matthew Shaw said in this article? I've not read that. He just, just kind of queries it, you know, what, what's the... You know what's going on with it. Can't defend the process, really. That we're we're trying to to get the people who want to pay monthly uh, to help us with this um, supporters share thing gives them an option to do that when they didn't have one before. I'd say if you're a credible journalist and you want to write a story on it, go to the meeting next week and then you'll be able to get more information and and write. So there's no point in sort of putting stuff out there now and that happens in rugby league, doesn't it? People write negative stuff and try and you know there was something I think was it the examiner have put on the internet, you know, this in it. And I think, I'm sure that's Huddersfield newspaper or whatever. And you can see what, what they're doing. You know, we play Huddersfield on Saturday, so all that some settle Salford and write a negative story about them. So that goes on all the time, doesn't it? So, no, my advice to anybody would be, if you can, get to the, the meeting, you know, and, and you'll know exactly what's going on then, won't you? So, uh, so, so yeah, but there'll always be negative stories and people want to question things. It's something new, isn't it, I suppose? No one's done it before, have they? So there's going to be, you know, people asking questions left, right and centre. Yeah, it says Salford Credit Union is a local non-for-profit organisation will only provide finance and following satisfactory credit check and affordability assessments and will decline applications where necessary. So basically it's like, because it's local and you just I just I just think they just kind of Covering all the bases, you see. Yeah, we sound like uh, we sound like a bunch of solicitors, me and you, don't we? Parkinson and Whiteside solicitors <laughs> giving you financial advice. No, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> don't take my financial advice, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like you say, meeting Tuesday, get yourselves down there, questions answered, take it from there. Other news: uh, kids for a quid. 
Huddersfield uh, this week. Uh, that's uh, exciting, Paul. Yeah, I'm going to Spain on Saturday, so yeah. I'm going to go to the match. It's the first game I've missed for a long time, especially at home. But yeah, I'm disappointed I can't go myself. But yeah, I hope it's a massive crowd. And it's a Saturday night as well, as I mentioned before. So it's an unusual game to kick off that sort of time, isn't it? But, you know, make a day of it. You know, get yourself down there, go and do a bit of shopping before the game or go for a drink or whatever. It should be great. You've got that added spice of... Huddersfield as well and Ian Watson and the sort of five or six ex-players that are in their team and you know, there's a bit of an edge between the two clubs at the moment isn't there so yeah if you can get your kids down there for a quid you'll really enjoy it I think it'll be a good game as well between two it's a challenge cup you know, win this year in the quarter final so, uh, so yeah I'm Devastated I can't go, but I'll be back for the old game. But but yeah, it should be a great night and that's a great offer to have on and hopefully, you know, get a really good crowd. I think you're gonna mention the news out of the West Stand and the East Stand are mm-hmm. open. So so yeah, that should add to the atmosphere. But I'm sure it'll be a belting game. So um, if you're not doing out Saturday night and you are a bit wayward about going, get your kids down there and you'll really enjoy it. Yeah. Obviously South Stand not open. Lots of chat on the internet about that. Obviously it's a TV game. So you want it to look full, which makes sense if you want to make it look full. You, you open the stand uh, where the cameras can see. And I think it's uh, there was a lot of talk about the, the business plan, about making the East yes, no, sorry, East, East stand uh, more of a community thing. I think it's like a like a, a toe-dipping exercise into that to see if obviously people can engage in that. Because I was thinking that down the line, that stand you could put like murals on the walls and, and things like that to, to make it feel a bit more homely. But that might be way down the line. You never know. Yeah, I know we've, we've had the schools participating, you know, in those those building the future games, whatever they're called. Um, I, don't, I can't remember what the slogan was the club used, but they had loads of kids in there from the local schools and the players were staying on the pitch weren't they signing autographs after the game and things like that and that stand was absolutely rocking wasn't it so yeah I'd I think I said it before to you about having it as a, the family stand and the community stand and, you know, get yeah, get schools and people in there. They really enjoy it. You're a good view as well. So, so yeah, and I, think, I think that's great that, that we can use that stand a bit more. I know people like to go in the south stand and things like that, but just thinking, just tongue-in-cheek, like, if you've done that chair thing and you're now an owner, can't you go and sit where you want? <laughs> can't you go in the south stand? No, you should be able to go and sit on the bench with a player, shouldn't you, if you're an owner? <laughs> we've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I don't know like, like you say it's people are sort of stuck in the ways aren't they they, they want yeah. they like the atmosphere they like all being stood together the stadium is what it is as in two standing areas two seating areas we don't know what is you know is to come in the future uh, we don't even know what's to come in the future for our club and mind the, the, the way the stadium is built so um, opportunity maybe down the line to to express your opinion on that and see what can be changed regarding health and safety and all that. But it is what it is. It's you know we we we're making the best of what what there is, and I, and I think we are on a, like a, a journey here where we are better than we were. So you know it's another yeah. step in a uh, forward momentum where we'll hopefully all go. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it sitting down. You know, for one, it's only one game in it. You know, do something mm. different. I mean. I, I love standing up at the match. I think the atmosphere at St. Ellis behind the sticks there, we're all sort of crammed into, they're not all the open the hold stand, but everyone was sort of squashed in together. And uh, the away games this season, I think the atmosphere has been tremendous. I mean, I've not really been going it 
press bit. I've just been standing with my dad and Imogen and that, and I've enjoyed it. You know, it's back back to being you know in there, and um, I think you enjoy away games better to be honest with you. But yeah, I'm sure the, the atmosphere will be good. As I said before, Huddersfield Friday night, Saturday night Challenge Cup. It should it should be a terrific atmosphere, and uh, yeah, I'm sure you can go back in the south stand for the old game, can't you? So, uh, so don't worry too much about it. Just, let's just go and get the win. Mm. Uh, other news wheelchair rugby had a great turnout last Sunday very excited about that the club don't forget it's every other Sunday uh, 10.30 Eccles College I think the next one if my calendar right is is the 28th of May so I'm sure if you if you're interested get yourselves down there and, and join a, a you know our squad of players yeah, it's another um, growing sport, isn't it, Rob? You know, uh, we think about where we've come from with the, the PDRL and, and what have you and the ladies team and that. Once this is up and running, it's going to get bigger and bigger, isn't it? So, um, so yeah, it's, it's growing small at the moment, but I'm sure people will be getting involved and there's plenty of volunteers and people who are enthusiastic about wheelchair rugby league and it's another feather in the cap for the club, you know. We're representing and playing for Salford Rugby League Club, aren't you? So it's exciting and, uh, yeah, if we can get up... To, to, to where um, some other teams are, you know, who are playing sort of regular in the leagues and that, it'd be really, really exciting because I read the scores every week in the League Express and read about it and, you know, it's a very, very popular sport. Mm. Other news, girls under 15 development programme is underway. Uh, Salford Roosters, St. Peter's Roman Catholic School in Manchester and Blessed Thomas, all three venues, uh, 6pm, 7pm at Salford City. Salford Roosters, uh, 4 till 5pm at St. Peter's and 3 till 4pm at Blessed Thomas. Demi Jones and Brogan Evans coaching the, the girls there. It runs from the 17th of May to the 5th of July. So that's uh, you know promising. Obviously, they want to build a pathway, don't they, to, to go into our ladies team. And this is a part of it. Yeah, it's giving you an opportunity to, to get involved, isn't it? Especially if you're sort of a young, youngster who's sort of fit around the 15 age, you, you know, you're developing and you're getting towards, not like right near open age, but you're not far from it, are you? And you're getting better and better and you see the, the ladies playing at Solver, that's something to aim for, isn't it? You're getting coached by, by people who are playing at, the, at that massive level that they're at. So it's exciting times and, and like you said, that pathway's there. Yep. Exciting times. Final bit of news. The Armed Forces Day on the 25th of June. Uh, Sulphur play Wigan on that day, but it's going to be a bumper day. There's uh, Zach's Alex Spencer is there uh, singing Chaddy and the Backhanders and Dave Sweetmore also. So it's going to be you know, a very enjoyable day. Lots going on uh, and obviously a big game with Wigan. Yeah, we've we've had some uh, good down forces there over the years, haven't we? It's always a good uh, a good event. There's always stuff going outside the, the stadium before the the game and and what have you. So and I know um, service personnel normally get for free, don't they? I think at the matches. Uh, I hope they do anyway. But the, mm. if they if they don't, they should do now. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that'll be a great day. Yeah, Wigan as well. That should be another good event to to get to. So uh, yeah, looking forward to that. There's some big games coming up in June, isn't there? You know, with the Magic Weekend as well. So games are coming thick and fast. Yeah, and there's also a Masters Rugby League game kicking off at 1p on the community pitch uh, with Royal Regiment of Fusiliers set to uh, set to play. So it's fantastic, obviously, occasion. Lots of uh, support. And like you say, the Armed Forces do a great job, don't they, keeping us safe. So let's get down there and support them. So that's all the news. And now we'll see what's happening in uh, Whiteside's World Rugby League. Mm-hmm. 
Here is this week's Dog the Detail Amateur Report and the World of Rugby League. We'll just start off this week in the National Conference Leagues because of some of our local sides in Oldham and Rochdale are doing really, really well in those leagues. Rochdale Mayfield at the weekend in division uh, in the Premier Division, sorry, 13th of May. They won, they beat Hunslet ARLFC by 10 points to 6. Hunslet amateurs were top of the table with uh, 8 wins from 8 matches. And uh, Rochdale Mayfield Pipton 10-6, great result for Mayfield. It, they, they stay behind uh, Hunslet. Hunslet are top with 16 points. Mayfield are third with 12 points, but they've got two games in hand. So Mayfield have won six from their seven matches. That was a massive win for Mayfield at the weekend. In Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers were beaten at home to Dewsbury Moor Maroons by 46 points to six. But uh, also in Division 2, Waterhead Warriors, tremendous result for them. They've got two former Salford stars in their team as well. Gareth Owen is at the standoff. You might remember him for his being a young hooker coming through at Salford and Lee Jewett as well who's played all over the show Salford signed him from uh, from Wigan he uh, went and played to Castleford Hulk AR I think he was uh, also at Widness as well and Barrow but Lee Jewett is now there in the pack as well and he had a really really good game for uh, for Waterhead Warriors at the weekend they dominated Dewsbury Celtic and won that game by 58 points to 24 massive win Waterhead stayed top they've won 7 from 8 they're top of the table above Dewsbury Moor Maroons on, uh, on, on points difference that's Wollstone Road also in uh, in third place, uh, they're all on 14 points, but Whitehead's vast um, superior points difference keeps them top of the table. Moving on to Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's had another big win as well. They stayed top as well. We've got to give Oldham St. Anne's a good mention. They stay top of Division 3. They've won 7 from 8 as well. A two points clear of Lee East. They went away from home to second bottom club Hensingham by 42 points to 12. So the fixtures for this week, Saturday the 20th of May. Rochdale Mayfield have got a tricky tie away from home against Lee Minor Rangers. But Lee Minor Rangers have been poor this season. They've only won one from, from nine matches. So they're desperate for results. But you'd expect Mayfield to get a result there in that one. In Division 2, East Leeds are at home to Saddleworth Rangers. And Waterhead Warriors travel to Wollstone Rovers. So that's a massive game. Waterhead Warriors against Wollstone. Two sides. Sort of joint top of the table on 14 points. That will be a big game for Waterhead if they can get a result there. And finally, Oldham St. Anne's there at home to Seaton Rangers. Seaton are currently bottom of Division 3. Well, let's turn our attention now to uh, the Northwest Men's League. Again, a lot of postponements, a lot of no results as well. I'm not quite sure why, but I'll give you the scores that we've got from uh, Saturday 13th of May. It was Wigan Springview 42, Salford City Roosters 16. That was in Division 1. There was one result involving our local sides in Division 3. That was Higginshaw 24, Crossfields A 70. Um, the rest of the scores and results don't involve our local teams, to be honest with you. So the fixtures for this week, Division 1, on Saturday 20th of May, it's Caddy's Ed Rhinos against Folly Lane in a derby match there. Charlie Panthers entertain West Hot and Lions. Salford City Roosters at home to Dalton. In Division 2, it's Rochdale Mayfield A against the Roost Pioneers. Division 3, Higginshaw face Clock face Chargers A. Rochdale Hornets are at home to Langworthy Reds. And Waterhead Warriors A are at home to West Bank Bears. In Division 4, Banky Bulls face Bolton. And in the Alliance Division, it's Ince Rose Bridge a against Oldham St Anne's A. Well, we were chatting about the uh, the Men's President Cup last week, wasn't we? And uh, we've got some more results for you. Some of these games were played, in fact, all these games were played at Rochdale Mayfield last Wednesday. England University is 27, the Great Britain Police 20, and the UK Armed Forces 40, Great Britain Teachers 16. So that leaves the table looking like this. UK Armed Forces have won two out of two, along with the England Universities and the 
GB police and the GB teachers have lost two from two. So the armed forces and the universities are leading the way at the moment. In the Women's President Cup, England University is 36, Great Britain teachers nil. That was our lock lane on Wednesday. So the universities and the armed forces both won one match and the, and the Great Britain teachers with uh, two defeats. So the universities will play the armed forces uh, next. So we'll keep you keep you up to date with that one when the result comes in. In French rugby league, Carcassonne 26, Albi 16, Lemieux 36, Lesignon 10. Those were championships semi-final results from the weekend just gone uh, moving on to the reserves um, rugby league it was Wigan Warriors 16 Leeds Rhinos reserve 16 that match was abandoned after 55 minutes due to a serious injury I'm not too sure that was too but we hope that whatever player it was you know is, is okay and gets better uh, better soon makes a speedy recovery Wakefield Trinity 6 Hulkingston Rovers 30 St. Helens reserves 44 Salford Red Devils 22 Andrew Dixon Jack Ormanoid and uh, Ben Helliwell were in that team as well so keeping themselves Sharp, hopefully for uh, for uh, for call ups to the first team soon. But 44 22, they went down at the weekend. Bradford Bulls 22, Castleford Tigers 16, Warrington 68, London Broncos 4. So moving on to the Northwest Youth Leagues. Once again, lots of postponements and no results. But these are the results we have got from Friday the 12th of May in the under 16s Lancashire Cup, Folly Lane 10, Salford City Roosters 14. In the under 18s Premier Division on Sunday the 14th of May, it was Oral St James 23, Salford City Roosters. 32 and the fixtures for this week then when there was one game in midweek or one or two games in midweek in fact uh, Wednesday the 17th of May so when you're hearing this system result might have been played that was Leeds against Rochdale Mayfield in Division 2 in the under 14s Division 1 Shevington Sharks Reds were at home to Saddleworth Rangers and in Division 2 Waterhead Warriors were at home to Oldham St Anne's Golds in Division 2 of the under 13s it was Oldham St Anne's against Wigan St Pat's on Thursday night there was a few games played as well Division 2 Wigan St Jude's against Folly Lane that's the under 15s under 13s on Thursday night Wigan St Jude's against West Horton Lions on Friday the 19th of May they're complicating this for me there's one fixture in the under 14s between Lee East Thunder and Rochdale Mayfield the rest of the game Sunday the 21st of May so here we go uh, under 18s Premier Division it is all St James against Waterhead Warriors with Salford City Roosters at home to Blackbrook Royals in the under 16s Premier Division Rochdale Mayfield at home to Lee Minor Rangers in Division 2 of the under 16s Burton Wood face Saddleworth Rangers West Horton Lions at home to Latchford Giants Division 3 of the under 16s Langwood the Reds at home to Charlie Panthers in the under 15s Division 2 Charlie Panthers at home to Folly Lane Oldham St Anne's are at home to Lee East Division 3 of the under 15s it's Clockface Miners against Waterhead Warriors Leyland Warriors against Saddleworth Rangers in the under 14s Saddleworth Rangers against Crossfields Cobras that's a Division 1 fixture in Division 2 of the under 14s Folly Lane are at home to Oral St James Division 3 Rochdale Mayfield at home to Ascombe Division 4 Preston and South Ribble Rabbit at Toes are at home to Langwood the Reds and the Witness Moorfield Tigers are at home to Accrington Wildcats finally in the under 13s at the weekend Division 2 Oldham St Andrew at home to Wigan St Cuthbert's Salford City Roosters face Saddleworth Rangers and in Division 3 Waterhead face the West Horton Lions we'll give you all the results when we get them uh, next week Rob might have to do it next week because I'm away in uh, in Spain so uh, so we'll, we'll play it by here I might be back by then so uh, we'll play it by here I'm sure we'll be able to sort something out 
Well, turning our attention now to the Women's Rugby League, it was the Rugby League Nines at the weekend just gone, so I'll go through all the results for you. Uh, in Group A, it was Huddersfield Giants 13, Warrington Wolves 28, Oldham 0, Leamington Royals 23, Huddersfield 40, Oldham 0, Leamington Royals 4, Warrington 38, Huddersfield 43, Leamington Royals 0, and Warrington Wolves 43, Oldham 0. Sadly, Oldham not scoring a point there in their three matches, so, uh, so unlucky to Oldham. Group B, York 30, Barrow 4, Hull 30, Workington 0, York 44, Hull 0, Workington Town 0, Barrow 48, York 60, Workington 0 and Barrow 25, Hull 4. Group C, St Helens 31, Featherstone 4, Hulkington Rovers 24, Newcastle Thunder 7, St Helens 31, Hulkington Rovers 0, Newcastle Thunder 0, Featherstone 37, St. Helens 54, Newcastle 0 and Featherstone 8, Hulkington Rowers 50. And the group we're concerned in with Salford was Group D. Leeds Rhinos 48, Bradford Bulls 0, Salford 4, Cardiff Demons 26, Leeds Rhinos 36, Salford Red Devils 0, Cardiff Demons 32, Bradford Bulls 8, uh, Leeds Rhinos 14, Cardiff Demons 7 and Bradford Bulls 0, Salford Red Devils 25. In Group E, Wigan 26, Lee 0, uh, Casford 0, London Broncos 25, Wigan 29, Castleford Tigers is nil. London Broncos 8 Lee Leopards 20 and Wigan 27 London Broncos 4 Lee Leopards 18 Casford Tigers nil. So the group leaders Warrington, York, St Helens Lead Rhinos and Wigan have all qualified for the Nines finals day which will be held at Salford uh, Stadium on uh, Saturday June the 24th they will be joined by a 6 as yet unconfirmed team who will be handed a wild card entry into the finals hopefully that's Salford uh, ladies but we'll have to uh, keep you Keep you up to date with that one when we get it. So congratulations to all the teams who were involved in that tournament. I'm sure it was a really enjoyable day in Warrington. Right, before we look at domestic things and the Challenge Cup, of course, coming up this weekend, we'll have a look at Australia. It was NRL Premiership, round 11, 12,000 miles away or so from us. Let's travel over there now and have a look how things went. Canterbury Bulldogs, 12, New Zealand Warriors, 24, Penrith, 48, Sydney Roosters, 4. Penrith seem like they're getting back to uh, to winning ways now. We're going to have to do a, a bit of a dodgy start to the season. South Sydney Rabbitohs, 20, West Tigers, nil. North Queensland Cowboys, 42, St George, Illawarra Dragons, 22, Canberra, 26, Parramatta Reels, 18, Newcastle Knights 46, Gold Coast Titans 26, Manly Seagulls 14, Cronulla Sharks 20 and Melbourne Storm beat Brisbane Broncos in a thrilling match by 24 points to 16. So the fixtures for this week, the uh, the televised game on Thursday morning at 10.50 is Brisbane Broncos against Penrith Panthers, that promises to be a cracking game. Uh, on Friday it's St George Illawarra against Sydney Roosters, the televised game is at 11 o'clock, that's between South Sydney and Parramatta Reels. On Saturday at 6am it's Cronulla against Newcastle followed by West Tigers against North Queensland Cowboys the televised games at half past 10 or 10.35 between Dolphins and Melbourne Storm on Sunday there's two fixtures between Canterbury Bulldogs and Gold Coast Titans followed by Canberra Raiders against Manly Seals so South Sydney Rabbitohs are top of the table with 8 wins from 11 followed by Brisbane who've also won 8 from 11 now it's Penrith with 6 wins Cronulla with 6 Melbourne Storm with 6 Dolphins have got 6 Canberra Raiders have got 6 and New Zealand Warriors have got 6 so it is very very tight just four points separating uh, about 12 teams there Gold Coast have got 12 points Sydney Roosters 12 so yeah there's nothing in it nothing in it whatsoever just 10 points separate top from bottom in the NRL so it's very very close so yeah that's the fixtures to look out for this weekend on the telly Thursday Brisbane against Penrith 10.50 on the television if you get a chance to watch it 
Well, finally this week, it's been a bit of an, uh, a bit of a long one this week. Could be a podcast in its own. This let's have a look at the uh, the Super League. It was round twelve. Castleford Tigers twenty two. Catalan Dragons forty six. That game was played. I think it was Friday night. That one. Huddersfield Giants four. Lee Leopards thirty. Massive win for Lee. St Helens twenty six. Salford twelve was a Saturday game. Wakefield Trinity six. Hull FC twenty six. That was Thursday night. Warrington Wolves. They had a real hard fought win. Trail twelve six at half time. Wilkinson Rovers came back in the second half. A late drive from Matty Ashton. Sealing the victory and a field goal from George Williams late, late on as well. 21 14, Warrington won that one. The shock of the round, I think, was at Wigan though. Wigan 18, Leeds Rhinos 40, Wigan led 14 6 at the break. And uh, and yeah, they had a man sent off as well, did Leeds. But uh, Leeds won it in the second half with some tremendous rugby, 40 points to 18. Round 11 in the Championship, Batley Bulldogs 17, Toulouse Olympic 16. Toulouse are on a real bad run at the moment there, dropping down the table behind Featherston and Sheffield. Bradford Bulls 44, Swinton Lions 38 in a real thrilling match on uh, on Sunday. Amir Borough scoring a, a try on loan from Salford at Swinton. Halifax Panthers 60, Whitehaven 0. Keith Lecoux is 18, Sheffield Eagles 46 tries there. Two for Chris Wellham, two for um, Ben jones Bishop as well two ex-Salford players in the uh, Sheffield team and their good run continues London Broncos 30 Barrow 16 Witness Neil Featherstone 30 York 26 Newcastle Thunder 22 Round 10 of the Betfred League 1 Cornwall 10 Hunslet 54 Jewsbury Rams 26 Doncaster 12 um, London Scholars 24 Rochdale Hornets 28 and Workington Town 18 Oldham 28 Great win for Oldham away from home there. So the tables then. Warrington stay top of the Super League. They're four points clear of second place Wigan. Then it's Hulkingson Rovers uh, and Catalan who've all got 16 points, same as Wigan. So Wigan second on points difference. Then it's Lee and Salford who've got 14 points each, followed by St. Helens and Leeds who are just outside the playoffs with uh, 12 points. Wakefield, 12 defeats from 12 matches have still yet to register a win. Featherston Rovers stay top of the Championship with 11 wins from 11, followed by Sheffield, Toulouse, Halifax, Batley and Witness making up the playoff places. Newcastle Thunder and Barrow are in the relegation place at the moment. Jewsbury Rams are eight from eight in the champion. Uh, the, sorry, the Betfred League One. Doncaster, Oldham, Hunslet, Workington Town, and Rochdale Hornets make up the playoff places. So the fixtures for this week: the Challenge Cup. Betfred Challenge Cup round six action. It gets underway on Friday night on the Viaplay channel. Halifax Panthers are at home to St Ellen's at quarter to eight. Hulkings Rovers play Batley. That's an 8 o'clock game on Friday night. Wakefield are at home to Lee Leopards. That game is a 7.45 on Saturday. Betfred Challenge Cup. Round 6 action. Catalan face Warrington. That's a 6 o'clock kickoff. On BBC TV, it's Leeds against Wigan. And then on the Viaplay channel, Salford Red Devils face Huddersfield Giants. On Sunday, the 21st of May, it's Casford against Hull. That's the BBC game at 3 o'clock. York Knights face London Broncos at 3. And in the Betfred League 1, all these fixtures are 3 o'clock. It's Doncaster against London Scholars. Hunslet against Workington Town. Midlands Hurricanes against North Wales Crusaders. Oldham face Dewsbury Rams. And at 1 o'clock, Rochdale Hornets face Cornwall. That's all I've got for you this week. Take care. I won't see you at the uh, at the match on, on Saturday. I'm going to miss this one. I'm going away with my family for a, for a for a week to Spain, so I'm really upset to be missing that. First game was for a long time as well, so never mind. I shall see you. Um, well, good luck. Let's get the win, and I'll see you the following Sunday when we place Hull FC back at the Salford Stadium. Take care. Have a great week, and uh, get that win for us on, uh, on Saturday night. That was Whiteside's World Rugby League, and now we'll look forward to the matches this weekend. It's time for the Devil 
So we'll start with the ladies. Uh, Paul, they're in Challenge Cup action. They're away at Wigan. Obviously, defeating the the two current, uh, two last last two um, Challenge Cup games. Um, opportunity to bounce back. Yeah, I think it's important to get a victory, really, don't you? you know, with it being a, a group and that, and you've had two defeats. Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to work for qualifying. That probably depends on other scores. But mm. Wigan's a test, isn't it? You know, that's that's a big test. They they got through, didn't they, in the nat the um, the nines tournament? So they're they're a, they're a decent standard, aren't they? So you know, um, our ladies need to be on the game, and hopefully they can uh, they can bounce back this week. But it's going to be another big test. Yeah, well, like I say, we're going to a good side. We're on a journey out. We've got into Super League Two. We're trying to sort of gauge the sort of the quality, and the ladies know what they've what they've sort of achieved and what they're going to achieve this season. It's exciting. Um, obviously, just another opportunity to show you know where they are and where they're going. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean. It's it's a, it's a new thing, isn't it, being in the Challenge Cup? And, you know, it's the first time they've been in it and you're playing against a better standard. The same in the league as well, you know, that Super League, uh, you know, group that they're in now. It's, it's it's a different, it's a step up and you can't always go, you know, straight to the top of that league. You've got to work your way up and learn your know, way around that league. And, uh, you know, I think that's what they're doing. They're showing signs of improvement and, and getting better all the time. So, so yeah, it's, I don't say it's a free hit against Wigan, but it's another test, and um, you know you go your best foot forward, don't you, and, and see and see where you go. So I know one or two of the ladies are back from from injury. You know, Louise Fellain got injured a few weeks ago with head bang and things like that, so they're back now. So so yeah, why not? Why not go and turn Wigan over? Yeah, it's on Sunday. It's a midday kickoff at Robin Park. So if you if you can get down there and support our ladies in the uh, the Challenge Cup. So let's talk about. The men's uh, Challenge Cup game against Huddersfield. Return of Ian Watson, obviously under pressure uh, in the last few weeks. At Huddersfield, uh, obviously coming back to his car, the club's going to cause a bit more pressure, but uh, it's going to be a fascinating counter. Yeah, I think uh, Ian Watson is under a bit of pressure because they've been terrible, haven't they, the last few weeks? I think they got beat 28 nil at Old Car and 30 points to four at home to Lee last week. So they're um, they're on a bit of a poor run, um, Huddersfield Giants. And yeah, it, the, the Cups. You know, form normally goes out the window for the cup, doesn't it? It's one-off game, and um, normally a Challenge Cup game, a bit like FA Cup in football, it's a welcome break, isn't it? When you're not doing very well in the league, so, so yeah, I think that'll go out the window. I mean, we played Huddersfield about a month ago, didn't we? Started April at home, and they were the better team than us, weren't they? Twenty-six, sixteen, they won that day, and you know, I thought they were too good for us. So I, I think we've improved since then, though. We've done well. We've been on that winning run, haven't we? So. Um, so yeah, this this promises to be a good game. You've got the added spice of the ex Salford players of the Huddersfield team. I think there was five in their twenty one man squad at the weekend just gone. So uh, we've not played them in the cup for a while. Actually, two thousand and seven, I think the last time we played them in the Challenge Cup. So um, so yeah, it should be should be a good game. I'm going to say I'm looking forward to it, but I'll have to listen to it on the on the radio <laughs> on my phone. Yeah, the obviously injuries to Shane Wright and Andy Ackers blow. Uh, for Paul Rowley, obviously two important players for us um, in such a big game. It's it's going to be hard to replace them. Obviously, we've got not got a massive squad, have we? Uh, availabilities, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, so, what comes up there? 
well, it gives a massive opportunity to Chris Atkin, I think, the number nine. I think he'll slot straight in there. I would have thought so anyway. Um, you know, he's he does a great job wherever he plays, but I think that gives him more minutes and I'd have I'd have him there for eighty minutes to be honest with you on, on Saturday night. You've also got Amir Burra. I know he's on loan at Swinton, he could possibly come back into the fold. Um I'm not sure about Danny Addy. I don't know if Danny's still injured, but I think Chris Atkin would be, would be the main one to, to swap, you know, with Shane Wright. That's going to be a tough one to uh, to get round. I know you've got Sam Stone and Callum Watkins who can play in the back row, haven't you? Um, Ellis Longstaff can play in the back row as well if he decides to play. So the, the, I'm sure Paul Rowley will, will be able to change things round. Hopefully we didn't pick any other injuries up at the weekend. They didn't sort of say um, if we had. So um, I know it's just those two guys. So so yeah, it's going to be a tough game. There's no doubt about that. Huddersfield are, you know, have got a big set squad of players, haven't they? You know, Jake Connor in there as well. Um, I think for me, Ian Watson has struggled to to sort of get his best side, really. He, he's got a lot of pivot players in there, and I don't think he's sort of worked out who goes where yet in that team. You know, you've got that Russell, you've got Theo Fagin, who's out injured at the moment. Um, you've got Lola here in the team. You've got Jake Connor in the team. I perhaps don't think he's sort of worked out who's his number one, who's his best number six and seven is. So, you know, they, they've got the options there, haven't they? So, uh, But no, I think we can turn them over. Yeah, we all know the way Huddersfield play. It's a big press. It's how you beat the press. And I think Rowley Ball kind of lends um, its strength to getting a ball wide quicker. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how we how we manage to to sort of break Huddersfield down uh, there. It's on TV. It's uh, that'd be it's important. Obviously, it's important for the club. Obviously, with everything going on, you know, trying to get through to the next round of the Chinese Cup, extra income, uh, which will help the club. And obviously. Like us, like every fan, it's our dream, isn't it, to see Salford walk out Wembley Paul and, uh, you know, win against Huddersfield, technically one step closer. Yeah, it does. It does. I thought you were going to say boring then when you said, you know, the way Huddersfield play. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I had a bit, aren't they? But no, I, th- I think they sort of play the percentages, don't they? Like yeah. you said, and I know Ian Watson's all about defence, isn't he? Whereas the defence has been pretty poor from them the last few weeks. But before the, the whole KI game, they, they were really tough to, to score against, weren't they? So I'm sure he's been working on that in the week. And I read a lot of comments, <clears throat> excuse me, last week from Huddersfield supporters. They're all calling for Watson to be sacked. And I'm thinking... Give him a chance. You know, you can't always just get rid of the, the, the man in charge, can you? I mean, the players have got to take a bit of responsibility. I think they've got some good players at Huddersfield, so it's about time they started booking their ideas up. Hopefully not this weekend, but it's it's a big game for both clubs, really. As you said, the Challenge Cup, Huddersfield had a taste of it last season. They got to the final and probably should have won it, really. Um, so, so yeah, I'd like to see us get through to the next round. You're in the quarterfinals, you know, the way it's structured now. You're only two games from Wembley if you get through this one. So, And it'd be great to get to, to Wembley without it being behind closed doors. And we're talking about shares and things like that before and money. How good would a Wembley trip be taking 30,000, 40,000 supporters to, to Wembley and all the shirts you'd sell and all the sort of press and the publicity and the Wembley week and stuff like that. So last time Solver got there, it was all diluted really, wasn't it, with COVID and nobody was really speaking about it. It was nothing in the press really, was it? Because it was all behind closed doors. So, so yeah, it's, it's a massive game. It's a really important game, this, and um, it's a prestigious trophy and let's hope we can get through to the next round. Score prediction? Far about it really, Rob, to be honest. Um, <laughs> let's have a think now. <sighs> You know, you were just saying before about rolling ball and stuff like that. We played them twice, didn't we, last season towards the back end. We absolutely mm. battered them at home and then beat them 28-0 away in the playoffs. Um, and that was after them beating us at Magic. So, 
I thought we played better as the season went on when we started playing that brand of rugby league, that rolly sort of rugby league. So if we can play like that and it sticks, I think we can win the game. I think we can win comfortably as well. So I'm going to go Salford 32, Huddersfield 10. Huddersfield 10. Okay. And I'm, bold for me I'm, that I'm not confident really we'll get a result. Like you say, it's just about beating the press. They will um, you know, play their style of play. It's all percentages. Keep the uh, keep the percentages high and try and force errors from us early, but we round the ball and uh, our no fear attitude when it comes to going early in a tackle count. I think I could see a couple of long range tries uh, this weekend, so I'm going to go Salford twenty six, Huddersfield twenty, and Joe Burgess double. Hmm. Sounds good to me. So, yeah. So that's uh, we'll take that. Obviously, a massive, uh, massive dream for all South fans in it to get to the Challenge Cup, and uh, I'm sure the players they know what they'll have their own dreams, won't they? When you know when you start playing rugby, what what it means to run out Wembley, you know, it's a massive thing for them as well. So, uh, yeah, big day, big day Saturday. Certainly is, mate. Certainly is. Yeah. So, big thanks to you in this week's uh, Dev on the Detail podcast. Big thanks for everyone who's donated via the Kofi. You know, you, you're, you're able to help this podcast grow uh, and, you know, provide equipment for us and programs to help the podcast uh, become better every every episode. Really, you know, can't thank you enough for your, for your efforts, uh, Paul. It's amazing. Yeah, no, that's it. We, we, we've said that for a while now, haven't we? The, the adulation that we sent to get for doing a podcast and everyone seems to enjoy it. And uh, I know we really enjoy it, don't we? So, yeah, thank you to everyone who supports us. It's uh, very much appreciated. Yeah. So, big thanks to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. Abra Parking fans on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. Fans on Twitter at DITD SRD. And your fans on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. Cool up, Reds. See you soon.